the American crisis of no avocado, the human side of immigration, and a path of righteousness. Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This, of course, is the show exclusive to the Blaze, where you come for the accent and you stay for the principles. Today is going to be one of those shows that... uh, I'm going to talk to you about some principles, but I want to talk to you from a heart-to-heart position, because... I got to be honest with you. I've been really frustrated um, the last couple of weeks, actually the last month, and there's a lot of stuff going on. And I want to just have a talk to you about things because I want to tell you what's on my head, what's on my heart, but also do it so that if you are going through a tough time or you're going through a hard time right now, and you're asking yourselves a lot of questions, I want to ask you some questions that are maybe apt for you that are apt to my situation, and that we can all learn together and have a conversation. I work really hard at this show. I spend a lot of time doing research. And one of the things I try and do with this show is I try and present in a way that, hey, how can you learn something? Your time is so valuable, so precious, that, you know, to invest in 40 minutes, 50 minutes, or an hour to listen to me, I want to make sure you get something from it. Hence why I tend to talk about, not about politics or parties, I talk, try and talk about principles, but also I don't share a lot of stuff about me per se, because this show isn't about me, the show is about you, the show is about how great your nation is and the reasons why it is great. But I want to talk to you today because, honestly, I lost my mind this week, I just wanted to scream pretty much all week, and it's all relating to immigration. The truth of this matter is, immigration is such a complex issue, and no one wants to talk about the real problems. The truth of my situation is I've spent 15 years trying to get into your nation, 15 years. Over those 15 years, I have seen Everyone from Republicans to conservatives to liberals to everyone who's just popular talk about illegal immigration. They want to paint you as racist. They want to paint you as haters. They want to paint you as this horrific society. You know, they want to paint dreamers out of love. How That's how they act. I read the most frustrating story and if you are listening, you might want to get some, you know, I don't know, some volume to relax if you haven't heard this story. Because there's a crisis going on on the border. And we've this whole narrative for the last year in your country, in your media, in your politics has been, there's a crisis on the border, there's not a crisis on the border. There's a crisis on the border, there's not a crisis on the border. 
And you have them, all the talking heads going from side to side about, hey, there's, there is a crisis, there isn't a crisis, there is a crisis, there isn't a crisis. Well, now it turns out Reuters, great journalists at Reuters, has figured out the real problem about the border. It isn't, you know, illegal immigration. You know, people entering America illegally when they have no right to. It isn't even the illegal immigrants like MS-13 gang members, you know, the drug smugglers. That isn't even the issue. It isn't even the issue where all these kids are on the border and they've been brought across. And literally right now, if you are an adult and you say, that kid's with me, you cannot be denied asylum. It isn't the case of, you know, all these coyotes who are bringing the people illegally across the border. What are they been paid and they know where these people are. It isn't about the issue there of, well, hey, these are bad people, these coyotes. Maybe we should not let these illegal immigrants be beholden to them. That, you know, one day when they're in America living their dream illegally, they get a knock on the door and says, hey, you remember we got you into this country? Now that debt has become due. You have to do something for us. And usually when it's with illegal people, it's not like, hey, you have to owe me something. You know, I need you to go pick up the, my mail at the post office or, you know, I need you to go shopping for me and buy me a few medications. Now, it's usually something, you know, devious and underhanded. Do you really want to put them in that situation? But that isn't even the, the crisis at the border, according to writers, this, this issue. It isn't even the issue of people like me who want to try and get into your country, or people who have entered your country legally, who have spent a th- tens of thousands of dollars on legal fees, have spent months or maybe years of their life trying to get there. That isn't even the issue. The issue is this, and I quote, and this is the headline. This is what they said, you know what, this is what will get people to click on our story. You know, the headline of, this is what people will click on. This is the first thing they will read when they see our article. Because it is so important as journalists that we get to the real issues. Because we're writers. I quote, Avocado shortages, virgin margaritas. Border shutdown would hit American pallets. That is the headline from Reuters. I'm going to read some of this article for you, not too much, because literally, if you haven't taken your volume, or if you have and they haven't quite kicked in, you might literally want to, I don't know, lose the plot, or get really angry or frustrated. Not that I am right now, I'm I'm really calm, I'm really cool, I'm collected. Here's the article. President Donald Trump, boo, he's Hitler, he's a Nazi, he's a racist. Threat to shut down the U.S.-Mexican border would hit American consumers in the gut. From the avocados and avocado toast. Now, let's just stop there. Just let's have a bit of fun. Because, you know, this is a very serious issue. This is the real crisis. I don't know. You know, we all have seem to like the French accent. I, I've been de- between, you know, debating with myself. You know, avocados and French toast. You know, do we go with the French toast? Huh? Oui, oui. Oh, avocados. I need my avocado and my French toast. Or is it more of a, you know... A posh middle class upper accent from you know from Bur- you know from London you know oh my God I am so prim and proper I'm so posh I could not possibly darling do without my avocado toast I don't know who says this I honestly God don't know anyone who eats avocado 
actually maybe I actually think I know someone who listens to this show who actually does because she's a vegan and she probably does eat avocado. She 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 was drinking celery juice this week, so I'm putting that to two and two together. But the majority of people. I didn't even know avocado went on toast. That shows you how uncultured, how unrefined I am. I thought avocado was for different things, but I never would think about putting it on toast. You know, toast is jam or Nutella or syrup or, you know, something. Meat, you know, salads, not avocado. But from the avocados on avocado toast to the limes and tequilas in margaritas. The United States is heavily reliant on Mexican imports of fruits, vegetables, and alcohol to meet consumer demands. Nearly half of all the imported U.S. vegetables and 40% of imported fruit are grown in Mexico. Uh Uh-huh, okay. I'm not going to read the rest of this article. First off, let's just deal with this point for a second. What really frustrates me right now with the media, with the culture, with the politicians, is how we you look at things so much as it's going to hurt America. I read this article and I had the exact opposite uh, opinion. When I actually read this article, after my head exploded and I went, oh my God, I literally just want to kill someone, my... My, my principles kicked in and went, you know what, this is a really, if this is true, if all these facts are true, this is a really good time to shut down the border. Because then maybe you won't have caravans. You know, if it's not just Americans who are reliant on all these, you know, the avocados and the limes and the tequila. The people in Mexico are reliant on you buying them. Now, I am as free trade as you can guess. But when it comes to closing borders... Maybe that's something, you know, if you're not so much on free trade or you think the border is a bigger issue than free trade, then maybe that's something you might want to look into. Or maybe just, maybe, and I'm just saying here, Mr. Art of the Deal might want to go and start actually talking about shutting down the border as a way to get Mexico to the table, saying, hey, you need all us, you need the American consumer. Maybe that would be great if the president did that. But then... Let's go on to the other stories that made me blow my mind, that really have me frustrated with this border issue. Here's the truth. You have another caravan on the way, and this caravan is potentially bigger than the last one. And I have all these stories about, oh my God, and they're just young, honest people, and they just want a better tomorrow. And gosh darn it, don't you just have to love and admire them? The media will never say anything negative about these people. The media will never ever do their job and call them out. On top of that, it seems to be incredible to watch some of your Democratic candidates. I don't spend too much time on your on your politics. I don't follow them because, quite honestly, uh, uh, I'm busy washing my hair to what to listen to what Beto has to say or what AOC has to say or what Camilla Harris has to say or what Elizabeth Warren has to say. I'll usually listen to watch sorry not listen. I will usually lead some transcripts and I look for certain keywords to see what they're saying on certain issues. By the way, spoiler alert, next week's show, we're going to actually deal with some really big issues that they're talking about. One, abandoning the Electoral College, really issue that we need to talk about. And we're going to talk about that on next week's show. But now, every candidate to a fault who's running for the Democratic Party is like, yeah, we got to abolish ICE. Yeah, ICE suck. ICE are just a, oh, they're, you know what, I thought, I thought Donald Trump was bad. I thought Donald Trump was the worst Hitler, Nazi, 
you know, racist, sexist, bigoted, homophobic hater I ever met. But man, don't get me started on ICE. ICE are so much worse. We need to abolish them. On a side point, it is refreshing, though, to hear a Democratic person running for president actually talking about abolishing part of government. So, you know, again, there is, you know, benefits here. You know, there is, let's, let's seize the silver lining in the cloud, right? But you're, this is what you're dealing with right now. Yes, right now, no one wants to talk about the real issues on this border. No one wants to talk about the real problems with illegal immigration. Because here's the truth. As someone who's been around this issue a long time, the left and the right love this issue. The left and the right really love illegal immigration. The left love it because they love open borders. They love, you know, hey, most people will go up to America and will vote Democrat because that's all they know. They'll go, hey, yeah, you got to have a free phone, you got a free benefit, you got a free healthcare, free this, free this. Of course you're going to vote for us. Even though there should be a reason, hey, there's a reason why you left your country. It wasn't, you know, your country wasn't great because they gave you free stuff. So, of course, they want that. They want the votes. They see the demographics changing. The Republican Party want cheap labor. They're in bed with the Chamber of Commerce. They speak out how, you know, they're only there and they're noble people and they just want to pick lettuce and, yes, it's a crime, but it's not a felony. Or how Jeb Bush, Mr. Jeb Bush himself, oh, well, you know, they only act out of love. Yet people like me, and according to Heritage, there's five million people like me who want to do things the right way, get nothing. Now, when any time I talk about this issue... It's automatically compounded worse by a lot of people's reaction. Because everyone goes, well, the left, the left, John, the left just suck. The left just won open borders. The left, the left, the left. I'm sick of everyone on this issue. I'm really frustrated. Because conservative icons like Ted Cruz and and Mike Lee, who are just awesome guys, and they're icons of the freedom movement. Well, they both know my story. And apparently they said that's sad and did nothing. I offered to help them change the narrative. Not even as much as a, hey, what can you do for us? Nothing. When my buddy Nick Adams was going through hell in Australia trying to get to your country, which he did, by the way, which is awesome. It wasn't Ted Cruz or Mike Lee or Rand Paul helping him. You know, all the conservative icons. It was Lindsey Graham and John Cornyn. Conservatives don't care about this issue. They all care about different issues. No one wants to talk about, hey, guess what? There are people trying to do things the right way. Maybe we should stand with them. Maybe we should talk to them. Those that do actually talk about this issue only focus on about 40% of the problem when it comes to the border. You have illegal immigration problems, but 40% is people crossing your country at the southern border illegally. Around 60% of your problem is people entering your country legally on a tourist visa, on an educational visa, on a work visa, on a summer visa, and going, you know what? I know I have to be out in a certain amount of time, but you know what? I like you here. I'm not leaving. I'm just going to stay here and be illegal. That's 60% of the problem. And that is so easy to do. 
I could have done it last time. When I was in your country a couple of months ago in February, my God, it feels like forever ago. I entered your country on a tourist visa. I had 90 days to be in your country. At the end of those 90 days, I had to leave. In my case, it was two weeks, but I could have stayed for 90 days. If I stay 91, I am illegal. When you enter a country, whether it's on a tourist visa at where I get my visa, my passport stamped at Dublin Airport, or whether it's at a consulate, because I've got a, a educational visa or a spousal visa or a work visa, and they're all done at the, the, the local embassy or the local consulate, depending on what country you live in. You have a use a term on your agreement, on your visa. Sometimes they're a year, sometimes they're slightly more. Sometimes they're making seasonal visas. They might be for like three months. You have an agreement to be there for that X amount of time. If you decide to stay, overstay, you are clearly told you can be deported from your nation and you can be withheld entry for 10 years. And every time you, after that 10 years, or it might be 5 years, depending on the crime, but it's up to 10 years, it depends. But every time you then enter America after that, you're at the risk of being denied access. Because one of the questions is, have you ever overstayed your visa, or have you ever been deported from America? You have to, if you're honest, you have to say yes. And then you have to go into a nice room and get an interview with one of the border uh, people. And then they'll decide whether they let you in or not. I don't know the, the criteria of it. But that is the agreement you make. Here's where my frustrations kick in. No one cares about this issue. No one wants to highlight this issue. Either we talk about how they act out of love or how they're compassionate or how people will say, well, it's wrong, it's sad that there are people waiting in line. Or you get people who'll talk on 40% of the issue. Where I get frustrated is whether you agree with anything I do or not. That's irrelevant. I don't think anyone who listens to me can dispute, I love your nation. Now you can say, well, John, the nation you love doesn't exist anymore. Okay, we agree to disagree. Or, John, I disagree with everything you say. Okay, that's cool. But I love your nation. I love your people. All I have ever wanted was an opportunity. Because I actually believe America is the land of opportunity. And it still is. All I've ever wanted, I didn't want special treatment. I didn't want, hey, John's a special case, he gets to jump to the head of the line. Or John is so awesome, he he just gets it. I just wanted an opportunity. All my life, All my adult life, I've spent trying to get to America. I've wanted to be an American for 20-odd years now. I've been trying to get there for 15 years through lotteries, but also through additional work. I do this show for free. Everything I do is for free. I'm not looking for saying, well, how awesome you are. I'm I'm just stating a fact here. And this is not a case of, well, because I've had people say to me when I say I work for the Blaze for free, well, Glenn's a cheapskate. No, Glenn's awesome. Glenn gave me an opportunity. Glenn gives me an opportunity to speak with you each and every week. That is not a cheapskate. Everything I do, I do public speaking, I do interviews, I do writings. All it ever was aimed was one aim in mind, was to share the greatness of America, but also the opportunity that someday, somewhere, somehow, someone would see something in me.
and go, you know what? I'm going to give him a chance. Two years ago, I thought everything happened. You all know this story. Glenn offered me a job directly working for him directly as a researcher. And we met with the visas and the lawyers, met with two different lawyers, and I couldn't get one. Because I don't have a college degree and I don't have, didn't have the paid work experience as a researcher. Even though I think it's clear to everyone and it is not hard to prove. I think I know a couple of things about your nation. I think I know a couple of things about the constitution. Maybe, I don't think that would be a hard hurdle to overcome, but it was for me. So here I am, still desperate to get into your nation. And I am trying so hard and this year I found a way this year I looked and I searched and I'm literally on my last chance saloon I am literally saving every penny I have every penny I don't go out I don't go to the movies I don't have a social life every penny I have I am saving so that I can come over there on a one-year volunteer visa where I will earn no money I will have to fund the large, vast majority of it myself to live in your nation, to serve your nation. And I can't get a job. I can't look for a job, but I can serve and share a positive message. And even that is incredibly hard. I am literally saving every penny I have and saying, I will work for free. Let me come to your nation. And even that is so, so hard. Here's the frustrating thing for me, and I'm not looking for a poor me, or this is not me whining, this is me being really frustrated and probably doing maybe something I shouldn't do, getting in front of a microphone and sharing this frustration with you. But the frustrating thing with me on this issue is a couple of things. There are five million people like me. Do we get any attention? Do we get any, you know, hey, there are these people? Nope. Not a damn thing. Yet if I decided, you know what, tomorrow, screw it. America owes me. I'm going over. Booking a flight. I'm going to lie to the the border people. I'm just getting into that country. And you know what? Squatters rights. I ain't leaving. Because America owes me. Guess what? All of a sudden, I'd be a dreamer. All of a sudden, I'd be somehow noble. All of a sudden, I would be worthy of protection. All of a sudden, the Democrats would be arguing for me. Hey, you know, well, maybe they wouldn't if they knew who I was. They'd probably, yeah, everyone else but him, he's not going to deport him. You know, maybe I should, dude, maybe I should become illegal in America because I would be the one person Democrats would actually want to deport. They'd actually go to President Trump going, deport that guy. That guy needs to be deported. Seriously, have you heard what he talks about? It'd be interesting to see, because, you know, when you're man's law, they'll, they'll say anything they want to win elections. But if I went tomorrow, I'd be all of a sudden, hey, I'm there, and I get to live my dream. Here's the word of the day in America right now. Collusion. You've been talking about conclusion for two years. Two whole years. Is Donald Trump in bed with Russia? Is he somehow a secret operative? There's collusion, there's collusion, there's collusion. How about this for collusion? Your politicians right now all love this issue. 
And there is no narrative or no agenda to get this issue sorted. Because right now your politicians in Congress do nothing about the border. All of them, at some point or another, whether it's the White House, whether it's the Republicans, whether it's the Conservatives, whether it's the Democrats, all of them have at some point publicly been open to some kind of amnesty. Politicians and the media love this issue. As I said earlier on, the left gets votes, the rights get cheap labor. And this is a great political football. Why would you want to solve something? You get to beat your opponent over the head with. The left gets to beat Donald Trump and the Republicans as evil, nasty racists who just hate people who are not white. And the right gets to, you know, all the political theater and gets you riled up by saying, well, we're not racist. No, we just want some type of control on the border. And the media report on all these going-ons. And then what happens when the media report, and if it's really good reporting for their side, it gets you riled up and it gets you tuned in. Hey, what did Donald Trump say on the border today? Hey, what did Donald Trump treat today? Hey, what's Congress doing? Hey, what did CNN say? What did Fox say? And then it all builds up. As much as I'm frustrated for my situation, and I'm going to come back to that in a second, you know who the real losers are right now on this issue? The American people. The American people have been played by both sides. Because either they love it, they hate it, or they're apathetic to this issue. There are victims in this process. We spoke about them earlier. There are people in countries who have absolutely nothing to stay in their country for. And are literally looking for a brighter tomorrow. And their own politicians, their own media, and media in America saying, hey, come with us. If you come illegally, guess what? You have a chance. Of course they're going to take that chance. And they're going to put themselves and potentially their kids in a really bad situation. What's really frustrating on a side point about this is so many of my friends on the left love talking about how slavery and how, you know, George Washington was some type of racist slaveholder. And he was just a bad guy and I shouldn't love him. Yet those same people are silent when it comes to sex slavery today. Our same people are silent when it comes to slavery today. Even though there are more slaves living in in the world today than in the whole slave trade combined. But yet they only want to speak of 150 years ago. And the people who, who, like me, want to do the right thing who are willing to pay a lot of money to get into America, who are willing to spend time going through the process, going through the questions, going through the interviews, meeting with lawyers, but can't. There is a problem in your culture right now. Are we ever going to address it? Because I want to talk to you about the human side of this issue. like the show there's a new one released every saturday morning 
It's on all major platforms. Please hit subscribe to it. Please share it with your family and your friends. Also, if you listen to it on uh, iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. We're so honored and blessed anytime you do that. It helps us with the algorithm. But we're on all major platforms. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, uh, Stitcher, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, um, Omni FM, uh, Overcast. You name it. If there's a free platform out there, look for Freedom's Disciple. Hit subscribe. New show will land every Saturday morning. You know, when you talk about this issue, a lot of people would say, well, where's the human side? I can see the human side to the illegal immigrants. You know, they're just striving for a better tomorrow and how they act out of love and how they're all so noble. Well, I want to share the human side of what this has cost me. You know, America, if you look around today, you'll see people who will... You know, say they've been silenced. You'll say people have lost opportunities because of what they stand for. We've all seen the stories, and some of them are really sad, and some of them are really tragic and horrific. That's in America, where there's at least a portion of your people who know what I talk about. Now, can you imagine in in a country like Ireland where we don't understand it, where we were never brought up at it, where we were never taught it, where we never lived that type of freedom. The sad truth about Ireland and America in some parts as well is I'm rather controversial because what I talk about is somehow deemed controversial and contra- upsetting. It's deemed, well, you gotta, that you should come with a label warning, John. We talk about many things on this program. You know, everything that we talk about boils down to some very simple principles. Leave people alone. Don't take their stuff. Love one another. And when you see someone, help them. That's what I talk about. Now, obviously, it's a lot more complicated than that because we talk about issues and we talk about history and philosophy. But at a core, that's what it all boils down to. In Ireland right now, if I got found out who I was, I would have major problems because of what I say. It's so controversial. What I say is more controversial than if there was someone who was doing the exact same stuff I do, but all of a sudden had a difference of opinion. We're like, you know what, maybe let's just take everyone's stuff. Every product should just go into the government, and then the government gets to decide what you want to keep. 100% confiscation of money, of goods, of services, of everything, and the government will decide what you want, what you need. They will be the moral arbiters of society. They're totally fine. Because it would all go under, well, you got to pay your fair share, and well, you know, you get a vote. You get to decide, you know, if you don't want to pay everything and you only want to pay 80%, then well, then go vote. But you have a voice in it. That is the truth about Ireland, about Europe. I'm not here to talk to you about the poor me. I don't want any sympathy. But I am here to share the facts with you. The emotions with you. I can't point, because I, number one, I don't have the energy or the interest to research it, because I research a lot of other more important things, but I spent a long time without a full-time job. I spent seven long years without a full-time job. That changed last summer. 
Sadly, with things going on right now, it's highly likely I will not have a full-time job in about six weeks, maybe three months if I'm lucky, because there's changes going on in our company. And between who I am, if you do a Google search on me, you literally find everything I say. You see my website, you see links to my show, you see speeches that I've given. Between that and the fact I'm the la- one of the last in, and usually it means when changes happen, they're the first out. Uh, so I'm going to go through another period of unemployment. Who knows how long it will take me to find another job. This is the human side of what I do. I'm not living some life of luxury. Here's the other human side to what I do. I don't have a social life. I don't have, per se, a group of friends. Again, this is not poor me, but I'm just sharing what it's like to live here. Because there are very few people I have anything in common with. Because everyone over here, including members of my own family, believe in government. They believe in trade unions. They believe in regulation and rules. They believe in people paying their fair share they believe in some type of socialism, whether it's big government or just a, you know, a version of government. But they believe in some type of socialism. People ask me all the time, and I don't think I've ever shared this, why will I not give up on America? Why have I tried for 15 years? What is it about America that is so special that you just won't give up? Well, here's the real story. All my life, all of my life, I've never felt I belonged anywhere. I've never felt truly at home somewhere. I've always felt like I was the black sheep. I have always felt among, when I'm among people, I'm the outcast, I'm the outsider, I'm, I'm not one of you. I've felt this within large chunks of my own family, in my own community. I feel this within my faith. I feel this in my lifestyle and my job. Now again, I want to be crystal clear about this. This doesn't mean people you know, have been rude to me or people are not nice to me. They are. It's just a case there's no common ground. Just because you don't belong somewhere doesn't mean there's hatred or there's anger or there's animosity. It just means you're just, you know, imagine yourself as a tourist coming over to Ireland or England or wherever place you've been. You know, it's nice and people are nice and people are friendly. There's no issues, but you just don't belong there. All my life, I have been searching for somewhere I belong When I say America is my home, it's the only place I have ever been. And I've been blessed to be in many countries uh, through work, through, you know, leisure, on vacations. I have been to some amazing countries with some amazing people. But there's only one place I feel at home. There is only one true meaning of home for me. And that is America. And it is incredibly frustrating 
it's for me to sit in a country of called Ireland, six thousand miles off your east coast, and not be able to be there, not to be able to be home. That is all I want. That's why I, you know, on a side point, why the theme song of this song it might not make any sense to anyone. It may it doesn't say why why would you choose that? Because the words hit me. I'm trying to go home. I want to belong somewhere. If you've never had that feeling, I, I can't put into words what it is. Maybe at the closest thing, you know, thing that maybe people can find is maybe you know when you find a partner that you know you have that true love. Maybe that's the closest thing I can give you as an analogy. But I can't put it into words. But when I am there, I feel like I belong. But also on top of that frustration is what your country is going through right now. I have to sit and watch people destroy George Washington, who was one of the greatest men who ever lived. I see people destroy the Constitution on all sides of the aisle. I see my friends on all sides of the aisle who cannot adequately explain why America is an exceptional nation. And I'm sitting here, and maybe this is just my own ego and my inflating my own self worth, and maybe that's what it is. But when I see all this happening and it's going on, I just want to be there because maybe I can be the one to talk to people as an outsider. Talk to people why America is an exceptional nation. It's not because of your your people or of your government or because of your politicians. It's because of a set of principles. That is what I am trying to find, and it's killing me inside each and every day. I can't have it, and it's killing me each day inside, knowing there's a chance I may never have it. This is the human side of my story. Today's show or any other show gets to you or you want to engage with me or you you know touches you um, follow me on social media I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciple on Facebook Jonathan Dunn 58 drop me a friend request drop me a follow send me a message I love engaging with you privately and talking to you about you know issues of the day and and always 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 um, if there are certain things you want discussed on this show I actually am working on one as we speak for someone who wanted to talk about you know the general welfare clause that everyone uses I'm going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. I want to finish today's show by turning everything we just spoke about back to principles. And actually make it apt for your life, but sharing it through the prism of my experience. Because a large part of my frustrations right now are everything I've laid out, but also it's the temptation to do wrong. Because I know that if I went illegal, all of a sudden how I'd be a hero to some because I sold out my principles. 
If I all of a sudden turned on George Washington and, and on, you know, the Constitution, people would be more popular. I'd be more popular in some people's eyes. If I came out and said, you know what, all these years I spoke about the Constitution and freedom, it's the biggest load of crap. Socialism is the answer. I've been wrong all these years, and here's why I was wrong. I'd be embraced by so many people. The idea that I'm trying to save up every penny I have to get there as a volunteer. I literally had someone in a joke, in a you know, ha- you know when you say things as a joke, <laughs> but we're we're only half joking, but we're kind of serious as well. Like, you know, someone said to me, you know, how much money are you trying to save up? And I said a figure, and they went, you do realize for the same amount of money, give or take a few thousands, that you could literally pay someone to marry you. I'm like, yeah, I know, I'm not, don't want to go that road. But you'd be here. I know, I don't want to go that road. I want to get there on opportunity, on marriage. I'm not marrying someone for a visa. That is literally the temptation that's there right now. The temptation to do things the wrong way. It seems in our world right now that, and I'm, I try, I'm, I'm, I'm as flawed as anyone else, I'm a sinner and I'm probably more flawed than most of you. But I try my best to live the best life I can and to live in the most principled fashions. Even though my principles have screwed me more times than I care to remember in a human sense. The temptation that if I was just somehow a jerk or I turned around and screwed people or lied or cheated. I might be better off financially. I might be better off in a lifestyle. You know, I'm in my mid-30s. There are a lot of things most people in their mid-30s want to do that I may never, ever get to do. Own my own home. Have a wife. Have kids. You know, these are personal sacrifices I've given up because I want this dream of America so bad. But here's some questions I would ask you if you're going through some struggles in your life right now. What, regardless of what religion you have or what fate you have, or if you have any, sit down and look at your life and the problems you're having and ask yourself, what is the righteous path? Is there such a thing? Or do the ends justify the means? Does it, is it a case, let me use my story as an example to go through these principles with you. Does it matter how I get to America once I get there? That, you know, is there a righteous path of doing things the right way and obeying American laws and, you know, doing things humbly and nobly? Or is it a case of, well, just get to America. It doesn't matter. If you get, if you have to get to America illegal by crossing a border or overstaying your visas, then that's just what you got to do. There is no righteous path. So that's the first question. In your life, do you think there is a righteous path? Then, if you say yes, there is a righteous path, and this is the path that you have to choose. This is the path you have to travel. Is that path anyhow less righteous or less deserving of that, you know, religious or faithful term called righteousness? If you don't get the outcome you feel you deserve... So I have chosen the righteous path using me as an example of doing things the right way. 
If let's say we could look into a crystal ball and I find out I'm going to die at age fill in the blank. And at that time, I'm still living in Ireland and I've never achieved my dream. Is that path anyhow less righteous? I suppose what I'm really asking you is, is the righteous path righteous? As in an eternally righteous, no matter of the outcome? Or should you only follow that righteous path if you win, if your outcome at the end of it, hey, I want to do things the right way. I want to get to America, but I only want to follow that path if I get there. If it means doing the right thing and I never get there, I'm not doing it. Which then leads me to talking about society. If, you, if the path you see in your life of acting a certain way or doing a certain thing is righteous, and I mean truly righteous, I don't mean righteous in your opinion, but like, you know, it can be linked to some principle of nature's law that can be somewhat consistent for everyone. What's the end game for that righteous path? Is the, the end game just for you to live your life and that's it? Or is the end game... To actually walk that path and to try and get more people to walk on it. You know, you can take this from a you know simple analogy of does the little guy always get screwed? Look around at society and ask yourself, do the good guys win? Or today do we celebrate the people who cut corners? I'll let you answer that question. Because right now, I'll answer it for me. Right now, it feels like, you know what? If you do things the right way and you try and live a principled life, you really get screwed. It actually hurts you, by being honest. You know, I'm in a situation which I I can't talk about in too many details, but I'm in a situation over here where I have literally tried my best with someone to be the nice person and this person has rejected it and this person has insulted me has demeaned me has just done really bad things in a in a in the context of what's going on and i've had people including people around this person go you know what you need to do to solve this person you need to get up in that person's face and tell them to f off and get physical and just, you know, tell them how it is. Because I can't be bothered. Because I'm like, it's just not worth it. Look, just let him be him and I'll be me and we'll just avoid each other. I have been tarnished with the same brush. That now when it comes to it, because this person and I don't talk. And it's been raised, well, why don't you talk? Because of the situation. Well, that's not professional. When you try and do things the right way and you don't want to start fights, sometimes... You can get tired at the same brush. But also it leads you to, well, can you not deal with the confrontation? Are you not confident in your abilities? Can you, can you, not, you, know, can you not solve these issues? No, it's just not that big of a deal to me. Don't get those answers. But then, going back to the questions of principles I raised for you. If the path is to get more people walking it, How do we get that to happen? 
Do you believe the best way to get people to live a righteous life is to, you know, not live a righteous life and talk about it? Because I know some of my Christian friends actually believe this. Some of my Christian friends are absolutely wonderful when it talks about talking about a righteous life. Hey, you should live this way. You should follow these laws and these commandments. But, you know, I don't, so screw it. How do you live? If you're dealing with issues, and this is just if you're a faith-based person. You know, one of the things, and this is, again, linking back to my story, is my mother looks at the situation I find myself in and is like, this isn't fair. Why is God doing this to you? Why has God been so unfair to you? Why won't God give you a break? The one thing we need to do, and this is, again, for the faith-based people out there listening, is God has done nothing to me. Everything that's happening to me, fair or unfair, righteous or unrighteous, or right or wrong, is not God. It's man. It's the world we live in. You know, ultimately, if, you, if you're ever looking for an internal debate to have, and you're, you're, you're looking for an internal debate to have that could literally rage forever, but you, there is no defined answer, ask yourself, was God right when he gave man free choice? There's a debate for you to have with yourself. If you have a problem sleeping, I guarantee you I just solved your sleep problems. Just think about that debate and start having that debate with yourself and play both sides. It's a very interesting debate and you will go... You'll be asleep in seconds. But these are the type of things I I think about. I'm a really boring person. I know this. You don't need to tell me. But... Was man right or was God right when he gave free choice? That is part of the question we need to ask ourselves. But how do we get people back living a good life? We need to tell the stories, I believe, of why the good guys win in the end. We need to give an incentive. We need to make people want to live good lives. We need to start sharing principles of eternal principles of what they are right and what they are wrong. And yes, For this generation, it's going to be hard where you're offended by your feelings. Sometimes this might shock you. Principles have really uncomfortable endings. You know, I I can make the case for my situation of why I am more deserving of an American visa than anyone else. I could be really arrogant and say, I know more about American history and American Constitution than not just most people who want to go live there, but by any stretch of the imagination, more than anyone currently in D.C., with the exception of maybe a handful, and by, by a large chunk of the population. I'm not saying this, I'm just saying I could make that argument if I fooled myself. I could say I am more deserving than any of those other 5 million people waiting in line because look at what I do. Look at me. I could talk about my emotions and give a great speech of how much I love America and out-love America more than anybody else. 
But that does not somehow make me more deserving when it comes to principles. Because I do not have a right to live in your country. I am still hopeful one day your country opens its doors to me. But I do not have a right to it. The idea that you're offended by your feelings or offended by what people say, sometimes with principles, or actually a lot of time with principles, you will be offended because you will not like the answer. We have a lot of work to do. I don't know how this ends. You know, I've been thinking a lot about my future. I think about my future all the time because I'm always looking for where do I belong? How can I help? How can I live a meaningful life? I don't have the same dreams that other people have. I would love to find a wife or at least some type of girlfriend one day. But I don't have the same ambitions that others have, you know, where they, hey, let's find a girl and let's get married and let's have three kids and, you know, let's, you know, spend every Saturday going to the, you know, local amusement park or whatever y'all do as families. I want something different. The question, and this is a question you have to ask yourself, are you willing to lose? And the answer to me is Yes. But also the question for me is, is your country worth it? And the few times I have been there, and the more and more I go, you make me feel at home. I belong there. So I have to do everything in my power to get there. Even though sometimes I feel like giving up because I feel like it's a worthless pursuit. I feel like I'd be better off putting my energy into something I could actually accomplish. I know some of you have these feelings. You've told me. This weekend, we need to have honest conversations with ourselves about where our future lies. If you want to have those conversations, reach out to me. I want to help you. But I know this path is hard. I know some of the paths you're traveling are hard. But what's the alternative? It all boils down to that great Ronald Reagan quote. If not you, who? If not now, when? And while I don't know my role, God, I hope I get to live in America. I cannot stand idly by and let the country I love be destroyed. I cannot let the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the most important document of all, the Declaration of Independence, be destroyed and be forgotten. Because those are the answers. Those are the roadmap to freedom. And I don't mean the left version of freedom or the Republican version of freedom. I mean the eternal vision of freedom. I hope this show has given you something to think about because we need to start sharing principles, but we all need, also need to start sharing and touching our people's hearts. I hope it's given you something to think about. I, this is not a poor me show. This is me being very frustrated, very angry, very upset, but also sharing the human side of what's going on. 
Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, we salute our, your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your vets. And most importantly, I salute you, the great American people. Never ever forget, America is great because Americans are good. Please share this show with your family and your friends. And have a beautiful and blessed week. God bless. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network. 